Welcome to the Ohio Ministry Network podcast. The following audio was recorded at the 2014 Synergy Conference held in Gahanna, Ohio at Pathway Church. For more information, please visit our website, ohioministry.net. It's, it's always fun being introduced by, um, by Steve Braden because when we were college students, he was the one that um, was the campus pastor at our university. And so when we talk about Chi Alpha and the impact that Chi Alpha has on, on our lives, we always point back to Steve. So anytime I get to do anything and I get to do it with Steve, I feel like I'm, I'm a grown-up now, right? <laughs> I have arrived somewhere. Um, but I'm glad you guys came here. I'm just wondering, what other sessions have you gone to so far today? Anybody go to, like, Women in Ministry? I think you did, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about you? What were the two sessions before? Um, I did effective event planning and assimilation into Wow. Did you learn anything in the event planning? Yeah, a lot. <laughs> One, like, big takeaway. Um, Preach it, yes. <laughs> How about the rest of you? What did you go to so far? Discipleship in today's youth ministry and connecting youth ministry with parents in the home. Okay, there's a little bit of a common theme here. You guys are interested in youth ministry stuff. That's very cool. Was the first session taught by Tom Grote? Yes. Awesome. He's a phenomenal speaker. What about back here? Either of you girls? Kind of a performer and musicianship. Oh, so are you into worship leading? Being, are you on the worship team at your church? Oh, very cool. And what's your name? I don't see your name tag. I'm sorry. Lexi. Lexi. <laughs> what did you go to? Very cool. And so how many of you are in high school right now? And you're in college, right? Okay. So this is interesting. Um, We weren't sure who would come. We didn't know if students would come or if parents would come. Some of this information is good for parents too. So if you have younger siblings, you can take it back to your parents and say, hey, look, this is what the Chi Alpha Campus pastor said that we need to know, (laughs) you know? Um, But that's what we do. If you have not heard of it before, Chi Alpha is the outreach of the Assemblies of God to secular universities. Here in the Ohio Ministry Network, we, we do care and ministry from the whole, the whole span, from the cradle, from the time you're born, you're in children's ministries, through career, and there's a, there's a whole focus on that, and we are like the, the last leg before the career. We're the, we get handed the baton from high school, and we are passing it on to you guys as you get your jobs, and you go out into the workforce, and you're, you know, a representative for Christ out there. So we're really passionate about what happens in those four years that you are like forming your self-identity and forming who you, who you are in Christ. And your college is like this really amazing time where you don't have the same parental oversight, right? But you're not quite out from underneath of, like, school, right? <laughs> the, the ongoing cycle of school. I tell you, when you graduate college, it's going to be really weird for a few years because you're like, I don't, I don't have a rigid schedule by the hours and I, I don't have any homework to do. You know, what am I supposed to do with my life? It's an interesting transition. Um, but we love that, that core four years. And so we survived it. Yep. yep. I got out in four. You got out in four and a half. Four and a half. Yep. <laughs> and we are, we are very proud of the fact that we, that we made it all the way through the uh, educational system. But it was the formative years in college that shaped us and that transformed who, who we've become. We were, we were both, you know, believers when we came to college, but we were not activators. And we weren't doing anything with our faith. And so how you handle those four years of college shapes who, you'll, who you're going to become. <gasps> Are you a parent? Yeah, I am. I'm so excited you're here. <laughs> Thank you. 
<laughs> I'm Heather. This is my husband Andy. Hello. Um, and we're just we're just getting started. Are there other, some other things you wanted to say? Did we need to do this? Oh yeah, I didn't get all the way through that. I only got through the first one. Thanking my host. Thank you, host. Um, I introduced myself. Hey, we love social media. So here are our emails, but then here are also our our Twitter handles. So if you would like to tweet at us, we would love to receive your tweets. Um, and that is also Andy's Instagram. So he uh, is fasting social media right now. But after Easter, he would be happy to check out any pictures that you Instagram of him today. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have ever is observed. Is it bad chocolate and chocolate time? No, no it wasn't. <laughs> have you guys ever observed Lent? This is totally off topic. My husband and I are observing Lent this year, and it's been a really uh, cool experience for us, just doing it on purpose to kind of prep our hearts for the Easter season. Um, no other big reason except for that. And so we're just trying to eliminate some distractions out of our lives so we can think about Jesus more. So it's been, it's been, really, it's been really good. I gave up, just so you know, I didn't give up social media. I'm going to be tweeting later. But <laughs> I gave up um, drive throughs and eating in my car because I wanted to eliminate some conveniences out of my life so that I would slow down and take some more time, which is hard because we have a ritual on Wednesdays before our Chi Alpha meetings that we go through the drive-thru and pick up the food and go to the service and eat as we're having our staff meeting, <laughs> you know? And so we've had to cut that out. And um, so far, it's been hard, only on Wednesdays. Every other day of the week, it's great. <laughs> but it's good. Yeah. It makes us slow down and think about the Lord more. But anyway, can you guys... Just kind of give me some general feedback. What are some questions that you're hoping to get answered during this session or some thoughts and questions you have about getting ready to go to college? You can write them on the board yeah. if you want. No thoughts. You're like, I hope you just make up a question even if you don't have it. Maybe um, you went to the first session on like, uh, how, do I, how do I pick a college? And now you're like, I have no more questions. I was wondering how you succeed. <laughs> I have I 10 ways. <laughs> okay, so the, the subtitle for this session is um, 10 Things Every Student Should Know Before College. <laughs> so this is the stuff that you want to know before you set foot on campus. We, we don't always think ahead. We just think, I'll get there and I'll wing it. Um, but college is a really important time in your life. And you're going you're gonna to get a lot of new influences, and you're going to meet a lot of new people, and your personal preparation matters. I'm glad you're doing that, by the way. Oh, good. That's good. <laughs> right yes. Oh, okay. Any other questions? So, for those of you who are in high school, what year are you guys in high school? Uh, junior. Senior. Sophomore. Okay, okay, a little variety, but no freshmen. Um, do you guys have your eyes set on a particular college yet? We're like, I hope I go there. Valley Forge. Valley Forge? Sagu. Sagu, oh, okay. Not yet? Oh, where's that? Ohio. I love Ohio. Okay. Very cool. Any, I'm sorry, I didn't catch your name. I'm Sherry. Sherry. Did you have any questions that you wanted to, that you're just maybe hoping we kind of hit on? No, I'm, no, not yet, no. No problem. Well, part of, part of the whole thing is it would be poor of us, a poor job of us is to do a whole session that you guys walk away with not, without right. having that question answered. So if, you, if it comes up, just feel, you can shout it out. Mm -hmm. we'll Even if we don't answer it in the moment, we can add it to our sure. list here. So if things come up. 
So what we did, we kind of pull, pulled our resources a little bit because our objective, like our little mini objective, is to be college experts since we're campus pastors, but we also only have a two-year-old so far. So we understand the relational part of like we are watching students walk through college, but we haven't actually sent anyone to college ourselves yet. It'll be a few years. Um, but in, in being in campus ministry, we do deal one-on-one -on -one with, um, with people in their lives. That's our whole point. We get onto secular campuses and we have relationships. We don't just have, you know, like we preach and preach and preach and hope that people pick up stuff. You know, we, we get into discipleship and tight community relationships and we live life together. And so we've, we've run into some road bumps along the way where we're like, what do you mean that you don't know how to write a check? And we were like, you don't know how to write a check. Okay, okay, well, let's back this up for a second. Do you have a bank account? You know, and it's like we, we kind of walk through those things. We've taught students how to drive and taken them to get their driver's license and things like that. We often teach students how to cook and how to do laundry. <laughs> Preach it, right? So there's a, lot of, there's a lot of life skills that go into being on your own and a lot of things that you learn that way. And then there's also just some character development and some spiritual development that needs to take place in your life before before you go out into the workforce and so we kind of pulled our resources i asked um the father of an international student what are the important things for your child to know before they go to college he said make sure that you connect with the embassy so you can write that down um, <laughs> know the nearest american embassy <laughs> and you also know that uh, they have different voltages on the oh yes overseas. so <laughs> yeah he was so great and then uh, we just asked some other friends of ours, um, hey, your, your child is a freshman in college. What do you think was important for them to know before they went? And so that's kind of where this information comes from, our experiences and also the, the experiences of people who are sending their children to college. So hopefully this is fun. Yeah, did you have something? I guess I'd want to say that not everybody goes away to college. That's um, a good point. I, I have one, I have two still at home and two that don't turn a gap in the middle. Mm -hmm. um, the oldest two both lived at home and commuted. Mm. And um, our third one is currently doing that, and then we have a junior at home. So I guess that seems, you know, it's been successful for us. And as far as what we see right at this point, the youngest is going to probably follow that same path. Because um, basically his siblings recommended it. Um, but that doesn't mean she won't go away. But you know, basically, it's success even of living at home and the challenges that that sure. brings. And even as a as a parent, you know. Yeah, I'd love to talk about that. Can you write that up? I didn't know oh, there were so many students in here. Yeah, we didn't know either. So yeah, those those questions are great too. I would you know, love to answer that. Um, yeah. Cool. cool. Okay. Well, hey, I'll hand it over to you, and you kind of get us kick started here. Um, one of the things that I've noticed, I grew up in a really safe uh, Christian home, real, just pretty much a Christian bubble, and so uh, uh, we regularly just assume that most students on a college campus have uh, uh, divorced parents, and so a lot of times that can lead towards um, just life skills that weren't picked up, uh, primarily, m m predominantly with a father figure in their life and that kind of stuff, and so there's just a lot of things that we see where it's like, just normal life skills that you that you think twenty somethings or eighteen year olds would have, they're just not there anymore. And that's not that's not a knock on that. That's I mean I, I had plenty of life skills that I did you know I should have had before I went to college, but we've seen that because of the family system that the average family system that that's not as healthy for a lot of students 
more these days. So anyway, so I'll just kind of throw this one out there. This is these aren't necessarily in order, and there's more than ten, but we just thought these are ten things that we should that would be best to talk about. So number one, GPAs are worthless. Um, and you can take notes, or however you feel, or you don't have to. Um, there's not going to be a quiz. Quiz is life, and I hope you do well in life. So that's. Uh, <laughs> um, but I'm just going to read the thing. So New York Times, whether you care about them or not, uh, they interviewed Laszlo Bach. He's the senior vice president of people operations at Google. So he's the head of all people stuff at Google. Pretty important guy. Um, he says one of the things that we've seen from our data crunching is that GPAs are worthless as criteria for hiring and test, score, test scores are worthless. So this is not my opinion. This is the guy that does most of all the hiring at Google. No correlation as, at all except for brand new college grads uh, where there's a slight correlation. Google famously used to ask everyone for transcripts and GPAs and test scores. We don't do that anymore unless they're just a few years out of school. We found that they really don't predict anything. And what he's getting at behind that is how many of you guys have been in a test where you did good in the test, but you did, really didn't know, like, if you try to have, if you took that two weeks later, you would vomit. You guys ever been, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I answered what they wanted, but I really didn't know the subject. And, and what, what companies and people are figuring out, that that's just, that's just really common. You know, people can study for the test. I know I, I, it's really, it's easier to study for the test than it is to study the material. I know that's just a, a pitfall we can get into, and so companies have figured that out. Google's smart, you know, and, and a lot of other companies are smart, so they realize that a GPA does not really determine what it used to, and that it would go for high school as well, and so GPAs, uh, SAT scores, not to say do bad on them and then do good and everything else, but they're, they're not the kicker like they used to be. Um, after two or three years, your ability, this is still the guy, your ability to perform at Google is completely unrelated to how you performed when you were in school. Because the skills you required in college are very different, you are also fundamentally a different person. You learn and you grow. You think about things differently. Another reason that is that I, I think academic environments are artificial environments. And so he's basically what he's saying is that you guys have like labs, you guys have like science labs or chem labs. Those can be, they're very different than from the books that you study. And so some, some people really excel in the labs, but, or they really excel and vice versa. He's basically saying, life is like a lab. Life is not a textbook. Mm -hmm. And so the, people are figuring that out. Even schools are figuring that out. And so just this whole thing of GPAs and just the, the fear and, the, and the, the excitement and the like, oh my goodness, I have to get a 4.0 and all, the stress that is involved in that. It's, it's not really well placed. It needs to be better placed in, in the, the big picture. And so um, I'm not sure. I'm not going to ask your GPA, you know. Don't ask my GPA. You know, I, mean, <laughs> I learned this a long time ago, so I just stopped worrying about my GPA. No. Um, uh, let me see. What? Yeah, life skills. Um, okay. Uh, just my thoughts, like, tests are easy for me, but life's hard. And I, I don't have a lot of problems taking tests. Sometimes my brain just seems to work well where I can figure out what the teacher's wanting. But when you ask me to do it outside of that, it's like, that's a little bit harder. And so just for students in here and those of you guys who know students, like, study for life. Study the subject. If you can grasp the subject, if you can grasp what, what is going on, better, you know, better than just the, the multiple choice and the true-false and that kind of stuff. I mean, life is not true-false. 
I mean, you guys would, I think that you agree with that, right? Life's not even multiple choice. Like, there's like, sometimes there's no answer, right? You just, I don't know, right? So uh, people are figuring that out. So kind of going with that, GPAs are worthless. Companies hire people, not your resume. Um, your major is not everything, okay? Um, I changed majors three times in my first year, okay? Thankfully, I didn't lose any credits. I changed it from computer science because I thought I liked programming, but then I realized I didn't like programming. So I changed it to computer engineering, which is, has a little bit of programming, and then I realized I don't like programming at all. So I changed to electrical engineering, okay, and then I graduated in electrical engineering. And by my senior year, you know what I thought? I really like programming. <laughs> it was too late to change my major. I didn't want to change my major. So I graduated in electrical engineering, and I got a job in engineering, and I worked in a field that was surrounded with and, and surrounded with a subject that I did my worst in, in engineering. And so it was really interesting. So the major you pick does not determine your life. Um, a lot of people are not working in their major. Um, a lot of it is just your jobs you get out of, and then that starts to develop. The whole thing is just a learning process, okay? And so God didn't design you in a box. He didn't say you have to have this personality and this personality. You, you are, you're creative people. There's a lot to you, okay? I know you guys taking personality tests like extrovert, introvert. Those don't define you guys. Those don't define us as people. I'm an extrovert when I need to be, and I'm an introvert when I want to be, you know? <laughs> it's just kind of how God made me, and so majors don't define you. Your GPA doesn't define you. It doesn't mean those things aren't useful. They are, but they should not have as much stress going into them as, as they do. And so, um, okay, I think that's it. So, for the first one. So. Is the next one mine or yours? Yeah, it's yours. Oh, funny. I think so. I forgot that this one was mine. The next one, number two, is hygiene is not optional. <laughs> number two way to succeed in college. <laughs> hygiene. Do you think that doesn't apply to you? Like, hygiene is good. Like, maybe, maybe you just use this for your friend. You know, say, hey, I learned this <laughs> thing. You have to succeed. Hygiene is not optional for you either. So. Okay, here's my sub point number one. <laughs> Before you leave your mom, <laughs> set up a date with her or with your child, you know, if you're a parent, and, and teach them how to do their own laundry. This is something that um, isn't always tasked out in daily chores anymore. And there are, it's so easy to ruin a whole load, <laughs> but it's so easy to learn how to do it right. And so this is one of those life skills that, um, it's gonna save you money. It's gonna um, make you more pleasant to be around when you have clean clothes on that smell nice. You're speaking from experience. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the, the recesses of my brain. I'm trying to block it out. Um, but hey, you're gonna be making friends. You're gonna possibly be dating, right? You're gonna be, whether you're near from home or away from home, the ultimate goal is to leave your parents not that that's a goal, but, you know, to go on and to not live, not live in their basement forever. Right. So even if you stay at home and you commute, being in charge of your own belongings and being in charge of your own stuff is important. It's just a growing up thing. And so learning how to do the laundry, I, I'm not even kidding. It was a couple months ago. I sat down with my mother-in-law and I said, Audrey, I don't know how to use bleach. 
you know, and I was so serious about this because I'm on Pinterest and I'm reading all these things about, oh, home remedies for cleaning stuff and da 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 da. No idea what to do with bleach. And I was like, can you just explain it to me? And, you know, I'm 20, 28 at the time. Yeah. And married for six years. And I'm like, please teach me your ways, you know, because <laughs> it's just something my mom didn't teach me. Um, and I have a baby now and things have to be sanitized and, you know, things like that. And I just wasn't prepared for that. But, um, it's going to be cheaper for you in the long run if you know how to do your own laundry. Um, it's going to get your clothes to last longer if you take care of them. And it's going to be uh, a more pleasant visit when you come home if you don't show up. You know, with it feels like when, when I was leaving youth group and everybody was leaving youth group, we all got these giant laundry bags that you like put over your shoulder. They had like this little thing right here. And this is what you were supposed to bring your laundry home from college with, right? <laughs> Maybe so, don't buy scholarships that because otherwise they're going to fill it up. It's a bad gift, yeah, and then they bring it home. So then if you show up and you're not, like, needy when you come home, but you're relational and you're affirming, you know, that's going to build up your relationship with your parents, help you mature and grow in your relationship as people because you're not always asking for things. And Andy did add in here, you will get better dates. Uh, also, Which under... would in turn better spouses and then your mother-in-law would... Your mom would be happy that you married somebody better. So. Do your laundry. Sub <laughs> point number two. Um, hey, take a shower. So um, it sounds easy, but knowing when you need one is important and just being self-aware. Um, you might think that you just hang out with people that really are, you know, don't care what you look like or what you smell like or, you know, anything like that. And you probably do have friends like that. And they are really good friends to have, especially on the weekends when nobody wants to think about anything. But um, it's, it's difficult when you're, like, in a public place or you're at a church service or at a, for us, a Chi Alpha meeting, and someone comes in that has a very strong smell. And those are very difficult conversations. And hopefully you do have relational skills that in love you can approach people and say, Hey, I don't know if you know this, but you do have a strong smell tonight. <laughs> have you guys ever had to have a conversation? <laughs> yeah, it's it's you're like think, you're trying to word it right. Okay, you're trying to communicate you stink, but then how do you how do you say that in love? You know, in grace. You know, like what you know all that. Other stuff. So basically, the side the sidebar on this is that you want to be the person to tell the people you love this and not let them find out from other people whether it's your friends or your children, you know, you want to be the one to tell them versus them showing up for something and other people being offended and not wanting to see them again, you know, or whatever. This happens. I was just out in public uh, last week and I was like, I'm going to the other side of the store. This is really difficult for me to focus, you know, because somebody, somebody's body odor was so strong. Before a Chi Alpha meeting, once uh, two years ago, the student walked up and he was about to go into the meeting. He was outside of the doors. He was greeting. That's right. He was greeting that day. And Andy had to basically approach him and say, okay, you're greeting. You, how, did, how did you even say it? Do you remember? <laughs> but he was really good. It. it was yeah. really good, to, however well, I, he said it. I basically said, hey, you know, we got about, we got about 30 minutes before the service started. I think That's it'd be, I think it'd be it. a good idea if you just probably took home, you know, freshen up a little bit, you know, maybe throw on some new clothes. Just spray this off, you know, and then come back. Let's be ready to go. So he took a little. Yeah. So. I, I have two thoughts, real quick thoughts. 
If you work in the food industry, you guys know anybody that works in the food industry? Yeah. Okay, you always smell when you get off of work, right? Yeah. But if you work in the food industry, you come off of work, you don't think you smell, right? You always smell. You're it's, used it's, to it. It doesn't matter if it's Starbucks. I mean, I, my, my laptop case smells like Starbucks, you know? And so if you, get, if you work in the food industry, take a shower right after you get work, okay? That just should be an automatic, but it's just one of those things where it's like, oh, I don't smell, or everybody likes to smell coffee. Not everybody does it, you know. That and, and working out, man, just got sweat going on, just take a shot. It's just, I don't know, it seems automatic, but it's not, so. Yeah, this is going to help with everything from, like, group projects and working with people that you don't know and being effective on a team to corporate worship and being around people and raising your arms to praise the Lord. <laughs> okay? If you're really ex expressive in worship, you know, prepare for that. <laughs> um, spray a little extra axe or whatever you do. Keep deodorant in your bag. Go visit the bathroom when you're done. <laughs> no, the bathroom. <laughs> um, it's, just, it's just one of those basic life skill things. And so we're trying to make this fun for you, so hopefully you're laughing, right? Okay. Number three. Um, the good news is you are not going to starve without mom. This is number three. You will not starve without mom. Or mom, they won't starve without you. <laughs> Um, so, hey, before you go to college, um, especially if you're going away, um, I hope you've done a college visit. I hope you've, you've gone and you've seen the campus and you've gotten familiar with the area um, because this is going to be your home for the next four to six years. <laughs> um, getting familiar with the area, even if it's just in the next town over, is going to help you increase your independence and um, be, be responsible and not make everybody who loves you have to worry about you. And knowing where um, food is sold on campus and off campus, like the closest grocery store, and what's the cheap grocery store versus the one that gouges the students, right, because it's the closest one to campus. Um, can you walk there? Do you have to get a ride? Those kinds of things. Um, and it just kind of like under that category, it doesn't even have to be groceries, but clothing, if you rip out your jeans playing late night, capture the flag, or, you know, electronics because you dropped your your phone in the toilet, or I don't know, in the moat on campus. Um, knowing ahead of time where these things are is just helpful, and it makes you feel like you're not a foreigner in another country. Sometimes you show up on campus, and you can tell who the uh, deer in the headlights freshmen are. They're just walking around, Usually walking eye contact, you know, because they don't, they don't know anything, they're not comfortable, but hopefully you want to start right off the bat making friends, connecting with people, and just, just being normal on campus. There's no reason to hide in your dorm and hope that college goes away. Um, so just be smart and familiar, familiarize yourself with the, with the area. Another thing that's really good to know, and this is good for parents as well, is to be aware of how your meal plan works before you get to campus. Where can you spend the money? Um, on our campus, we just switched um, dining services providers. That happens. Everything's contracted. There's a little system to how everything works. And now you cannot spend a certain type of dining dollars at certain locations. There's a new kind called flex dollars, and they're actually not worth as much as a dollar. <laughs> so it takes four flex dollars to equal a dollar. And so it's, a, it's kind of an interesting system. But you, you need to know that ahead of time, because otherwise you're going to spend all your money and not realize that you spent it over at the coffee shop and then need to go eat dinner, and you have no money on your meal plan. Yeah. Or a really easy thing is just... Take how much you have for the whole semester, average it out per day. I got this much to spend per day. 
you know, I didn't figure that out till like two or three semesters in. It's like, why am I, why am I asking for money? You know, two weeks left in school, I have no food money. It's like, oh, I just didn't average. It's not, you know, some mm -hmm. simple stuff like that. I know someone who will remain nameless, who found out, not me. yeah, that their dining dollars worked at the campus Starbucks, and for Christmas, this person bought all of their family gifts from Starbucks tea, tumblers, all different kinds of stuff. And then, a few, I think a few days after Christmas, the dad figured it out and just realized, oh, I just paid for everybody's Christmas <laughs> gifts. <laughs> so, you know, be savvy on how your parents are spending their money or you, if you are paying your way through college or where your loans are going, <laughs> if you're taking out loans. Because then if you're buying everybody Christmas presents with, at Starbucks, and on your loan money, in you know five years when you're working your tail off to pay all those loans back, you're gonna think I should have just made paper mache crafts. You know what I mean? <laughs> so just food for thought. Um, heads up, all of the uh, locations, like the grocery stores and the stores very close to campus, think that college students are like open season, and they're after your money, and they're gonna throw parties to get you there, and they're gonna offer free stuff. That's not really free. And so being aware of where are the smart places to spend my money, what are the safe ways to spend my money, how can I eat, if I want to have a fun night with my friends, where can I go, um, those kinds of things help. And like I said, knowing how the meal plan works is a good thing. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Can you touch on that real quick? Yeah, so uh, call, credit card companies love college students because they'll because college students sign up for credit cards. Uh, when I was on Wright State, they gave away free Quiznos sub if you sign up for a credit card. And so I, eh, that's, that's we fine. We were all excited. Yeah, so like we, 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 got, we took the whole floor. We're like, yeah, let's cook it. You know, and eventually, I, I, I knew to not, and maybe this is morally bad, but I, I just did fake names and stuff. And eventually the guy figured it out because he wasn't going to get money unless he get the credit card application went through. But there's no reason that you should sign up for a credit card. A, a, a student should sign up for his personal credit card on a whim like that. I mean, just that kind of stuff that those conversations need to happen well before they step on campus. Um, and some of this stuff, like, okay, I know that you're probably going to, your, your campus is really close to home. And I think you said you're talking about some, you know, some of your students uh, living at home. Some of this stuff, it's like, in a traditional college setting, they would get that learning experience kind of forced on them or they'd have to. If you're living at home or close to home, get creative in ways to have these lessons be taught, you know, in that sense where I know like laundry, maybe the rules should change for how mom does laundry if you're going to live at home for four years. Maybe, you're, maybe your mom stops doing your laundry as soon as you're in school, even though you're still at home. Maybe you start paying rent. Maybe, maybe they only provide... 10 meals a week as opposed to every meal. You know what I mean? Just things like that where, where students, we can, you know, we can take ownership on ourselves to initiate some of that lifelong learning, that process, even if we're not going to be in a traditional, I'm off to a four-year state college. Does that make sense? And so if, you're, if you propose, pitch that to your mom, she'll love it. Right? <laughs> right, mom? So. Um, yeah, that's excellent. I mean, I know, like, first couple of years, I'd, I'd bring my huge bag of laundry home, set it right in the door, you know, and say, hey, mom, I'm home, you know, and, so, and then I'd just crash on the couch. So that's really not what mom's like, I learned. So, um, 
So number, this number four, uh, this is one of my personal favorites. Multitasking is a myth. If you look at any science, it will tell you that. And um, people love, and I would love to think that I'm a good multitasker. And um, there's a hip-hop artist called Propaganda. He, he has a quote that says, Multitasking is a myth. You ain't doing anything good, just doing everything awful. And science actually, what did you say? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't have to matter. Science actually backs it up. They've done studies with very high-end college students. Well, they'll say they'll have music playing on the background and Netflix, and they'll ask them to type up a, just a very simple paper on a, on a subject that they know. And the grant, grammatical errors and the spelling errors are like way below their IQ. And they would read the paper later, and they would say, "I wrote that. That sentence doesn't even. That's not even a complete sentence." Things like that. And so, um, really, really, science does back this up. Um, we're training our brains to focus, to not focus on one thing. So everything we do with our brain, it trains our brain. So if we multitask all the time and we're watching Netflix and having Facebook open and Snapchatting and playing music and all that other stuff, we're training our brains, it's good to focus on a bunch of things at once. So when we actually try to take a test or we try to focus on a sermon or we try to focus on, on an individual conversation, our brain thinks this is abnormal. Where, where's all the irrelevant information? That's really what our brains begin to think. And I've noticed that. Actually, this social media fast actually really helped me. Um, it's, I've just noticed my focus has definitely increased. I've noticed that I care more about individual conversations and that I, I'm less like looking for little pings, little notifications, little extras. You know, I turn, I turn all the notifications off my phone, that kind of stuff. And it's really, it's really interesting when you experience that and then you experience the normalcy of just being pinged all the time and multitasking. I mean, you can tell a difference. I would just encourage you guys to experiment and try that. Uh, yeah, sure. As a parent, mm -hmm. I mean, I can say this till in multiple shades of purple. Um, and, you know, I'm stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's a twenty. Yeah, it's a teenage and twenty-something. On the radio, but yeah. um, you know, it has increasingly gotten worse, mm -hmm. and the demand. I mean, I guess I just don't know. I guess you, with your input with young people, the more you are able to put that out there, then it it makes us not the only mm -hmm. wolf crying. You know. Yeah. You know, we're not just this voice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, mom. Mm -hmm. um, it, it makes it makes our job easier when we have to say something. That's part of my job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean... Um, well, if, if I can just encourage you one thing where I get it, and partly there's just the generational thing where people think, oh, well, you don't... Parents, you don't understand the... Like, my dad still has no concept of texting. He doesn't understand why anybody would want to text. So he'll... He's... 64. 64. So he'll email me emergencies. It's like... <laughs> That would be a prime, you know, use for a text. And so um, maybe you can, like, if they're, if they're into science, if they're into anything psychology, Google some studies. There's tons of them out there. Just say, hey, can we just read this article together and let's just dialogue. If you, if, I think if you, come up, uh, if you come at it like, let's learn this together as opposed to I'm of, the, I'm of the way that we didn't have texting and we didn't have Snapchat and all this other stuff and all that other stuff's junk. You know, I think they're, they're automatically a wall. And so I'll talk to our students about that, too. And, you know, we kind of laugh about it together, and we kind of experience that together. And so I think if, 
I've noticed that if I am engaging in something with a conversation that I don't have authority in their life in this certain area, if I come at it as a learner, like, hey, teach me, like, do you, do you feel that it's difficult? No, I don't feel that at all. Has there ever been a time when it's difficult? You know, like, do you notice, like, are you aware of any focus changes? You know, that kind of stuff where you're kind of like, let's learn this together as opposed to, I'm doing it right, you're doing it wrong, when are you going to do it right? You know, because it kind of sounds like a my way or the highway thing. So, and whenever my dad starts texting, I'll let you know how that, how that works out. <laughs> Totally must be. Yeah, you TV work is, at it. TV is the same way. Where mm-hmm. The newer we get in TV stuff, it's like there's about 10 images in a second. Mm-hmm. Versus if you go 10 years back, there weren't near many. If you go 10 years back, farther, there, you know, it's like one slope, we video here, then we move over and look at him. Versus now it's like him on five different angles. Mm-hmm. There's no, no over here. <laughs> totally. So it's training our brain to be bored faster right. and faster and faster and need new stimuli. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. A lot of people get addicted to video games because of the constant like movement. Changing. Yeah. So when they're like in class and stuff, they can't concentrate. Yeah. So if you can move around more, that would help me. That's why yeah. there's yeah. 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 there are studies with children that yeah. you shouldn't expose them to that. Yeah. Even children under two shouldn't even see a television because it's the brain development. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah. Something to think about. Don't let your kids sit in front of a television and, you know, just very. Because then they get in school, and that's why everybody's labeling getting kids ADHD <laughs> because they can't pay attention to right. it. Yeah. yeah. It's true. Yeah. It's true. So, multitask, it's, it's scientifically proven that it's a myth. You, you can't multitask and do things well. I mean, you can have different things that you're focusing on different times, but to do five things at once, you do everything poorly. I mean, just. All right, um, just to kind of move along a little quicker. Roommates make you better. That's number five. Uh, so talking about your li- living situation, you, you or your child's uh, roommate will probably be messy. Uh, chances are so is your child at times. Um, your roommate, meet your roommate before move-in day if at all possible. Um, there is a, I knew a student that went down to Cincinnati. Uh, his, roommate is, his roommate is a very active pro-gay homosexual, and he didn't meet him at all before he came, and it's been really difficult ever since he moved down to Cincinnati, just because he had no experience with that. He's living in the same dorm with him, and he's having guys over, that kind of stuff, and so that's, that's college. That's life, and that's... Um, I'm not saying that necessarily makes him better. I'm just saying the, the conflict that roommates have are actually really good and, and as they work through those things. I'm not saying the, with the homosexual thing. I'm just saying, like, if I'm complaining that my roommate doesn't do the dishes and we work through that, that's a life skill that you learn. That's a good thing. So when people get, when people get married and they've never had a roommate prior, they have a really hard time. And so if you want your kid or if you want to have a good marriage, you know, you like get a roommate of the same sex, you know, and live with them, figure out how to do life, you know, and then that'll really help you, you know. And so... Um, Dorms are pricey, but often provide a healthy social benefit for first-year students, especially when they're far away from home. Uh, Heather and I, we highly recommend communal living uh, for an only child, um, just because it's just, it's only child, there's, it's a really different environment than regular life. And so uh, we encourage people. Not regular life, but kids who have siblings. Yeah, and so there's just, the interaction is very, very different. And so 
kind of that's just something we recommend. Um, lo- Sorry about that. It's, it's very common for schools, secular schools, to have co-ed dorms, co-ed floors. Uh, Wright State just put in a policy about that. And so that's just something you'll want to be aware of and careful and cautious and all that kind of stuff. Um, number six, leaders. I, I put learners equals leaders equals readers. That's kind of how I put it. John Maxwell, he put leaders are readers. Basically, if you want to learn how to lead people and, and be an influence, uh, begin to generate like learning, reading. You know, I know that's, I'm not, an, I'm not a gifted le- reader. I'm super slow. Is anybody, like, that's not my primary thing. I know, like, Bethany's a really, she's great at it, and she, you know, she can just thump through books like crazy. I'm just like, page one, I got to take a ton of notes. Page two, got to take a ton of notes, and I just forgot what I read. You know, it's just like, but it's really, it's really, really helped me, okay? And I know when, when you're in school, it's hard because you got textbooks and other stuff, and so pick up some healthy nonfiction or fiction or whatever that works. I can't I don't read enough, so just joking. So, um, I'm just gonna move fast. Okay. Um, just just with the whole leading thing, like, how many guys want to be like an influence? After, like, you want to, you want to be a significant influence either in your community, your church, your social environment, something like that. Okay. If you want to do that, you be like be an influence now. Lead something now. Lead a Bible study. Lead a prayer group. Lead something with worship. I know some of you guys are pretty active in that stuff. Don't just be like the person with the mic. Like lead a team. Lead people. If you can lead people and do stuff that like that regularly, oh my goodness, you will be so equipped for life. You'll be so equipped for college setting. You'll be such a better hire. I mean, if you can work with different individuals of different opinions and strengths and giftings and weaknesses, that is just like, that's probably one of the best things that you can learn. And so you can start that now, approach your youth leader, and say, hey, put me in charge of something. Give me five people, let's plan an event. Give me five people, let's lead a prayer group. Even if it's for six months or two months, it'd just be really healthy for everybody. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and to kind of finish that up, one of the things that really helps you refine those skills is being a reader. Reading books that have to do with the area that you're interested in influencing or people who have done it before you. And... Um, educating yourself. You will perform better in your classes and it will be easier for you to read those textbooks when you're used to reading on your own. Because when you go to college, it's not like in high school where the teacher's going to review the material a lot. You're going to have to take on that material yourself and really absorb it. And that can, that can make or break your ability to perform well in a class. Um, number seven, um, we titled it Mo Money, Mo Problems. What is a bank and how to use it? Um, hey, as a, as a high schooler or as a young adult, I would really highly recommend you taking advantage of any um, financial prep class or something like that that your church might offer or your local community. Something like um, attending a Dave Ramsey Crown Financial class would really benefit you right off the bat. As soon as you start having money to manage, it matters how you manage it. It matters whether or not from the beginning you're tithing off of your birthday money and off of your Christmas money. It matters right away. Do you save it or do you blow it? Do you save up to buy something or do you, you know, take your paycheck and go buy something really expensive and hope that you're going to be able to pay your bills? 
you, you, you learn that now, learn that when you've got this part-time job in high school and you're working at the deli and you feel like you have all this money in your bank account because you have $500 for the first time and nobody has any claim to it but yourself, right? It matters how you're gonna manage that. Um, we literally had to teach a student president of our Chi Alpha ministry previously how to write his first check. He sat down and he's like, I'm gonna pay my first month's rent. And he opened up the checkbook and it was his brand new checkbook zero, and it's zero, one. one. And he looked at it and then he looked at us and he goes, what do I do? And we were like, all right, let's do this. You know, you put mine in here, you have high alpha. Here's how you put the amount in. That's a conversation that if your parents haven't had with you yet, that's one that you can really easily initiate. Sometimes it's one of those life skills that people forget to bring up because we do so much online now and da 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 But if you get an apartment when you're in college, they're not going to accept online payments probably. Not yet, but maybe in the future. You know, you're going to have to pay your rent in a check. If you don't have a check to write, then you have to use a money order. What's a money order, right? You can go to the gas station and get one, believe it or not. Cost you money. Cost you money, yeah. <laughs> or your credit union if you join a credit union instead of a bank. But um, also, um, what you spend your money on, this is like, um, this starts as soon as you have that first paycheck that belongs to you in your hand. It's like, what do I do with this? Do I put it in the bank or do I go buy something? We had a student who was um, about $1,100 behind on rent. And we had to have an intervention in sitting down. We, our ministry has a house. Um, it's five apartment unit. We use one unit for communal activities and offices, and the other four we rent out to students. And it's really fun. It's a great place to live. Um, if there's a campus ministry where you go, living in a campus ministry house is a blast. And um, he was about $1,100 behind on rent. And we'd already had an intervention prior to it getting to this point, just so you know. This was intervention number two. At and least. at least. And Andy had to confront the young man one day. I saw him walking up our steps and with Beats headphones, you know, like $180 Beats headphones. And I was like, wow, those are really nice headphones. Where'd you get those? He's like, oh, uh, God was a gift, a birthday gift. And I was like, okay. And then later I confronted him and said, really? Like, you got those a gift, like your birthday gift or whatever? He's like, no, I actually spent the money. So he spent a whole month's rent on headphones. And I said, you need to take those headphones back. You owe this much money. <laughs> it's just like... You know, it's, it happens. Totally happens. Since then, I'm thankful that that happened because since then, now we institute a daily late payment. So you don't just get hit with the fine. You know, you get every That's day frustration coming out. <laughs> so we're learners. We're learners. God entrusts us with our money. And as we're growing as adults, we want to honor him and be stewards of it right from the get-go. And so don't buy into the, the culture that is wanting you to just Spend your money in college and live it up because this is the only time you're going to be single. And now you got to go party with your friends. You got to go make it to every concert on the weekends, you know, because there's this great Christian band that's happening in the next state over. And we got to spend all our money on gas and we're only going to eat, you know, Tootsie Rolls the whole way over. You know, it's like be responsible. The Lord wants you to have fun, I'm sure, but He also doesn't want you to go in debt and have to go get that free credit card to get it because you wanted the free sub because you don't have money to buy your food, right? Um, know, oh, let me back up and go to this one. Learn how to keep track of your account. Okay, so I get it that most people don't like keep their ledger anymore in their checkbook. They're like, what's a ledger? I have a, I have a girl on staff with me who, who does. Every time she swipes her debit card, every time she writes a check, it goes into the check ledger. I'm like, oh, I 
No, the other one. Um, I don't even do that. Yeah, we don't even do that because we, we have another way that we track it on the computer. But um, having a way to keep track of your account is going to help you and give you resources. Sometimes your bank website does that. Sometimes you can just sign up for what's called Mint, mint.com. It's also an app on your phone. It's really convenient, very useful tool. You can like label and categorize all your spending. You can see what you're spending your money on. You can even go in and add, I had cash and I spent cash on this. And you can see, kind of track your spending and be more fiscally responsible. But, um, but that's not what's going to save you from doing it wrong. Having a heart that wants to honor the Lord with your finances, that wants to do right by him, that wants to tithe, that wants to give to the Lord, that wants to give in offerings when offerings come by and not just like, ooh, I want to keep my money to myself because I want to go buy this, right? A heart that is disposed to the Lord is going to be most successful. And honestly, and we tell our students this, no student is too poor to give to missions. And you want to be a part of what, what's happening around the world because it's the kingdom that is eternal. Nothing else is eternal except for the kingdom. And so... Any, anything that you're holding on to in this life is going to perish and is going to pass away. You know, but the kingdom of God is going to last forever. And so the investment that we make into missions now is going to be an eternal investment. Um, companies pay millions of dollars to get millions of y'all's dollars. <laughs> you know that? That's what marketing is. That's what I got my degree in. <laughs> they spend all this money because they want to get your money. And so... Abercrombie & Fitch has some of the best advertising, but you walk in there and their clothes are like paper thin. <laughs> you know what I mean? And they convince you that you really need this, but you really don't. Andy just told me the other day, he's like, babe, I should just let you go to the thrift store more. Just because when you go there, you get great clothes. I was like, I know, right? That's just the way I, I make it work, you know what I mean? But I enjoy that and I feel like some like, sense of like, accomplishment when I don't give in to marketing. <laughs> <laughs> like they, that, big, that big store wanted me to buy that, and I didn't. <laughs> um, and we, we did go shopping yesterday at H&M because it's our favorite little, like, indulgence. But we, like, as we were going through stuff, we were, like, feeling materials and stretching things and kind of looking at it. And we were like, no, we're not buying the flimsy stuff, da da da, da. So Aunt Andy actually has new pants on right now. <laughs> but we got them for $10. <laughs> So I'm telling you, come on, come on. I don't know why you're embarrassed. This is nothing embarrassing. I don't know why you're not on the next one. But anyway, <laughs> I'm telling you, we try to be really, like, in a sense, cheap with what we do because we want to free our money up to be able to put it where we want to put it. Does that make sense? So that's, that's my whole point with that. I don't know. Is this mine? I can take one. Or you can I'll take it. Can I have them at the thrift store? Sure. Yeah. I have three guys in college, and they just discovered the thrift store. <laughs> they absolutely love it. And they go in the 10 bucks and come out with two pairs of whatever. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. If you go on some Mondays, it's half off or whatever. So. Yeah. yeah, ours is 25% off every Monday. Just real quick on money. So um, I, I was really poor with money when I went to college. Uh, my dad, I just didn't learn. You know, I didn't put the effort into it. Uh, and, um, but since then, just God has really taught me about giving and also how much he takes care of us. And so, uh, I left a really, really good engineering job. And when I left, both my bosses says, you know, pastors don't make as much as engineers do. You guys probably know that, right? <laughs> I don't know why he didn't think I would know that. You know, but, tell you ahead of time before you get uh, to college. Yeah. So he's like, yeah, pastors don't make as much as engineers. I'm like, yeah, I, I know that. 
And so after I made the decision to leave engineering, then we found out Heather was pregnant with our child. And then, and so all that just kind of chaos and, and all this other stuff. We, we have, I don't think we bought anything for our daughter, like clothing wise. God has just provided it from church, from family, from everything else. I mean, it's just incredible. Everything in our living room was given to us. And we have a $900 rug from my aunt who just, eh, here's, here's, here's that. Our car was given to us. Mm-hmm. Just, I mean, it's, it's not about me accumulating stuff, but the Lord has taken care of me more after I quit my really good engineering job out of obedience than he, than, than he would have if I would have stayed in that great paying job being disobedient. Mm-hmm. So the goal is obedience. The goal is having that heart to give. That goal is giving out what God has already blessed you with. And it's not even ours. You make $100, you don't make $100. God loaned you $100. <laughs> the question is, what do we do with it? Yeah. And that's what we should be asking the Lord. What do we do with it? And so it's incredible what the Lord, how the Lord can provide. I mean, I prayed for an iPad for like four years and he, he gave it to me. Like literally somebody walked into my off, the office that we have and somebody handed me cash for it. said, buy yourself an iPad. The Lord spoke to me. I was like, yes. the Lord hears my prayer. You know, it's like, it's, it's, it's God. He's so good. He takes care of his kids. They don't starve. They don't go hungry. Mm-hmm. You'll be clothed with fine clothes. Okay. <laughs> Okay, number eight is called learn how to talk like a two-year-old. No, 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 no. (laughs) Learn how to say no before you get there. Um, You guys are a hot commodity to everybody that you meet. You're young, you're intelligent, you're fun, you're good-looking. People are going to want you to be around them. They're going to want you to be involved in their clubs, in their groups, uh, run for student government, you know. Have you done this? You know, da-da-da-da. Have you joined this club? You have several, you know, like goals while you're in college, and one of them is to graduate. (laughs) And so being able to set healthy boundaries is going to set you up for success. You're coming from high school, and you're going into college, and you're just trying to have the time of your life sometimes. And so saying yes to everything can sound like the most fun thing that you can do. But it's not going to set you up for long-term success. You need to know how to make good boundary choices. Um, You're going to have more homework at college, and it's going to be more self-led and independent. And Taylor, you're probably learning this. Was it a lot like high school, or was it different? Yeah. (laughs) She's like, no, it was nothing like high school. Yeah. Don't, like, don't take online classes until you're like, oh, Online classes oh, are yeah. intense. It's a trap. It's a trap. Yeah, you will die. <laughs> um, what kind? Online. Online classes are basically you teach yourself. So unless you, like, really, really, really like to read. They require like, more responsibility. Super, 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 like, responsible and intellectual when it comes to discussions and scheduling. Yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. Don't do online classes. Don't take online math. Online math, oh yeah, that would be hard. Um, You're also going to have, interestingly enough, more free time. And it's because you're only going to take, you know, about four or five classes a semester. And then the rest of the day is yours to do what what you're going to do. Your weekend is yours to choose how you're going to do it. You have to learn how to manage that freedom. Um, It can be a bad combination to have a lot of responsibility and a lot of freedom all at the same time. 
and trying to balance how you do that. You don't want to err one way or the other of like all responsibility and no people and no social life and all I'm doing is grades and da 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 get out of my way, right? Because that's not going to help grow your relationships. That's not going to help you be in a healthy community. You were designed for community. The Lord your God is triune. He lives within community, within himself. It's like this weird thing, right? He designs us to be in community with each other. And so isolation isn't going to be healthy, especially if you want to get married. Doesn't work. <laughs> um, but also, erring on the side of too much freedom um, can be destructive. Yeah. You'll end up making destructive choices, doing things that you you know, sound fun at first, and then you want to try something new, and you want to try something new. It's actually how your brain is chemically wired. <laughs> you want to keep trying something new when you like something. All right, let's change it. Let's do it this way. Da, 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 da. And that can end up, you know, on the other spectrum of things where you don't want to be either. Um, at colleges at college, there will always be someone who's willing to hang out. So you can learn to say no, either to your friends or to the people in the sorority who have been tracking you down. Seriously, I was on campus just a few weeks ago, and they came up to me and said, hey, do you like sports? And they were really energetic, and they were, I was like, yeah, I like sports. They're like, great, do you like people? And I'm like, yeah, I like people. And they're like, you should join the rugby team. And I was like, I'm not a student, you know? And they were like, uh, and they walked away. They didn't even say goodbye. <laughs> I know, right? Um, but there are always people vying for your attention. Here's a little bonus thing that you might not have learned yet. There are some people who are very needy. I'm just, I'm just warning you because you'll want, hopefully, as good, godly men and women, you're going to want to love these people and... Be compassionate towards them, but you you need to know what your own boundaries are. I'm especially talking to the girls here. We cannot fix everybody. We can't just say yes to everybody. You know, sometimes we need to know where to direct them. So one of the things that you can do to help yourself is to know, like if you're living in the dorms, who your um, your RA or your RD is. You know, your resident uh, director. Knowing who you can direct people to. If you run into people who express to you like. I really need to be around you right now because I feel like I'm going to kill myself or you don't have like suicidal tendencies and things like that. There are programs on campus that are designed to meet the needs of people like that. And it's not wrong even to say, hey, let me take you there and assist them in being able to get the help that's going to help them be successful and not just meet a momentary emotional need. Does that make sense? Being able to have boundaries like that is more loving than actually just being in constant communication with somebody like that. And so that can be a hard lesson to learn, but it's important to know, okay, if I, if I have a need, where can I direct people? Um, I think that's it. Oh, also, being involved in every campus group to boost your resume doesn't work so well when you have to drop classes the same semester because you're so involved. And so balance your life, get involved. Hopefully, priority number one is to get involved with your campus ministry. Um, so that you're in healthy, spirit-led, spirit-filled community. But then also, you can be involved with things that help your resume, but just balance it with your, with your responsibilities. Yep. Okay, I got like a few minutes, last two, okay? Can I, everybody just raise your hands, just stretch out a little bit? Okay, long day, long day, okay. Last session. All right, last two. Okay, so these are probably the most, the probably, uh, maybe the most important, I don't know. Maybe I'm opinionated. Uh, I, number, number, number nine, I labeled how to not be a peanut, okay? Peanuts are lightly salted, right? So, but we're not called to be lightly salted, we're called to be salt, 
and light, and like that. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was up late working on that one. Um, it's one thing to have a consistent and healthy relationship with God when you are active in your youth group. It's another thing to maintain that when you have a homosexual roommate, which I know a student that's had that. Your Tuesday class is teaching you how to put condoms on a banana. I've, that's a real story. And your biology professor told you that if you believe in God, you will fail this class. All those are real stories from real students in a university. That's one, it's one thing to have a devotional life in a really safe bubble. It's another thing to, to maintain that and grow that in a semi or maybe very hostile environment. Please learn that now. Please approach your leaders and say, will you help me? bolster this? Will you put me in situations that are difficult for me? So when it's difficult for me, it's not as difficult for me, okay? Um, Probably the most important thing you can teach a student or learn as a student is your tested faith, okay? Meaning not just your faith that's been in a really good environment, but tested faith. So you've been in situations that are difficult, you've had difficult conversations, you've been stretched, you've been grown, that kind of stuff. Um, like I said, we're called to be salt and light. Um, Christian college or secular college, your faith will be tested. That's just period. Christian college or secular college. Does that make sense? It's not, and um, somebody brought this up earlier, but uh, Bethany mentioned it in her session. It's not the same today. A Christian college is not what you always expect it to be. And that isn't saying that Christian colleges are bad, because I, I think it's great that you want to go to Valley Forge. But people are broken. People are fallen. And so the, the way that our culture is going isn't just limited to the secular universities. And so being, being compassionate, being aware that broken people are us, broken people are everywhere, and help you, um, I think, make it through some of those situations. Yeah. I think if we wait, if we wait till, like, for college to be the first real test of our faith, that's going to go really, really bad. And none of you would want, nobody would want that to happen, but I think we can get in that trap where we stay safe, stay safe, stay comfortable, and then we go into a new environment, it's really, really difficult. So if we can, if you, if we can even generate that, like you're a youth leader in your ministry, if you can kind of generate that and bolster that with, your, with the students now, say, hey, let's go into a place with our youth leader, with, you know, wisdom, that kind of stuff, and let's be stretched now, and so when we get out into a more real-world context, that's not so new. And we're used to that. And we have those questions. We've been asked those things. We have answers for those things, too. Um, last one, number 10, uh, biased, obviously. Uh, how to pronounce Chi Alpha. Um, it's C-H-I, second word, A-L-P-H-A. It's like aloha, but switch the O for a P. Okay? Um, and that's just our plug, because that's what we do. We're Chi, we're Chi Alpha directors in Dayton. Uh, like she said before, um, I didn't know. I said, hey, is this uh, Chi Alpha? And you just sound a little funny, you know, when you do that. Uh, yeah, it's Chi. Um, but the whole thing with that is, is your success will probably be determined on how healthy your community is and how, health, how much that's impacting you. Uh, whether you're at a Christian college, whether you're at a secular college, whether you're at home and you're in school. Um, if your community doesn't adapt to maybe some needs and if your community just thinks, if, you, if you're, this is kind of a pet peeve, sorry, but if you're, if you graduate as a senior and then you're a freshman in college and your only job is a youth sponsor, that might not equip you and grow you to actually minister to people your age 
and then actually the questions that you're getting asked to. You might be able to train youth leaders, youth fine, but what happens when your friends are losing their faith in God and that they, you, they don't, you don't have the authority because you're not their leader. You're just their peer. Does that make sense? I'm not sure if I said that. So, um, yeah, so, I'm not sure if we, we have, we have a few minutes left. Um, I know we kind of just cleaned that up a little bit quickly, but um, do, is there anything like just questions? I know we could talk a lot about stuff, but um, do you have any like thoughts or let's go with questions first or just things that maybe didn't make sense or you, maybe we should elaborate on? Yeah. Can you elaborate on number nine? You just shared it about those Sure, sure. Um, what are some, like, how does that look, this stretching that you're talking about? Mm-hmm. Like, what would that actually look like? Yeah, thanks for asking. Um, you, you guys ever been on a mission trip where you, you didn't feel, you felt like you, I mean, you just painted walls, and definitely serving a church, but you're just like, I put up drywall and I painted, right? You guys, I've been on plenty of those. There's, that, there's those type of mission trips, and there's other types of mission trips where, like, wow. I was spiritually really challenged and, and God really ministered to me and he had to encourage me and I, I needed God on that trip. Those are the trips, not to say don't do these, but those are the trips that I think prepare you better for people who don't, who, you know, face struggles, real life, that kind of stuff. Um, those types of mission trips, I think one-on-one discipleship with your youth leaders where you get together on a regular basis, they challenge you, they encourage you. They push you, they pry into your life a little bit more than you feel comfortable to make you squirm a little bit. They ask those questions, what did you do last Friday night, or what, you know, more than that, or how are, you, how are you impacting your peers? Just those questions like that. So I think discipleship is huge, that really invested mentoring, uh, stretching mission trips. I wrote another one down. Um, Probably like reaching out to your non-Christian friends. Having non-Christian friends. <laughs> and I'm totally serious like that. If you, if you don't have non-Christian friends... You're not really being much of an impact with non-Christians. You're being a salt and a salt shaker, or you're being a flashlight. You're being light and a flashlight that's turned off. Okay, and so having non-Christian friends in that community, bringing them to things, having those conversations with them, really like, hey, are are you able to communicate with peers that aren't in your youth group, and actually encourage them and challenge them, impact them, that kind of stuff. And so those are just kind of three things that I thought. So. Yeah, thoughts. I know we went kind of fast on some of those things, so sorry about that. Fire hose. It's kind of like a college course. Go home and study it then. <laughs> so, any last any last things? We'll, we're going to stick around for a little bit, obviously. But I'm just going to add one thing. Sure. If you or people you know end up going to secular universities, um, we really do recommend going to one that has a powerful ministry on it. And I know that there are other campus ministries out there, but y'all aren't coming from backgrounds that are other ministries. You're coming from spirit-empowered, spirit-filled ministries, and it matters the context of which you grow and you flourish. If you're going to continue to live out a lifestyle that is infused with the power of the Holy Spirit, that is founded on biblical truth, that is just um, geared towards setting you up for an outward-focused, evangelical kind of life. And we know a young man who came to our campus, um, his mom did a college tour with him, saw a banner, I want to back up, they're from an Assemblies of God church, um, not too far away from our area. His mom saw a banner on campus that said, Christians on campus, and she said, son, you should join this group. No one, no one had introduced them to us or connected them to us as Kai Alpha pastors. 
Christians on Campus is actually a local cult. And um, when people join that, they, um, they really get isolated in their faith and they are pretty much brainwashed to start dressing like each other and acting like each other. And um, they do not believe in salvation the way that we believe in salvation. And so we connected with this guy as well, found out his background, found out who he was, found out that the same weekend that we're hanging out and doing stuff and we're inviting him to stuff, he's, on a, he's about to go on a retreat with this cult. And so Andy had to take a risk on a week's worth of relationship and sit down with him and say, hey, let me explain this to you. Will you trust me enough to, to speak some truth to you? And praise the Lord, the guy did. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, that could have been a defining moment where it was just an uneducated comment that could have really derailed his faith. So Chi Alpha is something that is, that is revolutionizing the, the face of the secular university. And so being plugged in and being connected there is a, is a great opportunity for any young adult. Can I wrap up and then pray for you guys? That'd be okay. Um, hey, I, I believe that you guys, I'm just, you and you guys and your, your students, you guys are so valuable mm-hmm. to the kingdom. I am not, my fear is, or my, my hope is not that you come out of, get out of the world and just stay within a, a safe bubble. The world needs you. 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 The world needs your students to be an impact, to be salt, to be light in the world, not just at events, not just on a Sunday morning, but every other day of the week. And I believe God is going to empower you and set you up for that. And I just want to encourage you guys to really strongly rely on him and ask him what he's doing with all that. He's so good. Okay? So I'm just going to pray. God, I thank you so much that you don't call us out of the world, God, but you allow us to be a part of what you're doing in the world. God, you, you allow us to be part of your mission. You allow us to be part of your hope, of your reconciliation process, of the process that you bring people who don't know Jesus into an understanding of who Jesus is, and they become Jesus becomes their king and their savior and their first love. God, I pray that you would, all, that you would empower all of us to be very strong salt, very bright light, very loving people, very caring and compassionate people, people that are wise to answer a ton of questions, people that are led by the Holy Spirit into different avenues, different places, different education, all types of stuff. God, we need you so much. We're so honored and humbled to be a part of what you're doing in in our lives and in the lives of the people that you've put us around. God, would you empower us, make us strong for you. We love you so much, Jesus. Amen.